Have you ever wanted something so badly that you had to have it immediately? Now, nowadays it could be like food, like and we live on Long Island, so you've got a craving for a taco, we just go four feet down the road, you're good to go. But when we were a kid, when you were younger, I remember like we would see a commercial or you'd see something, and what I wanted when I was a young kid was a yo-yo ball. Has any of you guys ever heard of that, a yo-yo ball? Like, okay, a few people, a few people. Okay, so yo-yo ball was the coolest thing, and I really wanted it. And so I I don't know how it works, but I remember as a kid, every time you would ask your parents to go to the store to get it, it never was that day. It was always like, oh, we'll go Wednesday. And you're like, it's Sunday, and we're doing nothing. Why can't we go now? And see, the thing is, I think the parents would do that because they were hoping by Wednesday I'd forget, but but I didn't forget because I wanted this yo-yo ball, and I was going to get it. And so come time for Wednesday when we get in the car and we're going and we're driving to, you know, Toys R Us. It's like a child's dreamland. When you were like, like under 10, like that was the greatest place to go because when you left through those doors, you were holding a new thing, a, a bounty of greatness. And so we walk into the store and it just like, you know, it was, you know, a long time ago. And so there's like all these different things and we're searching the aisles for the yo-yo ball, and as we're searching them, I see, oh, wow, G.I. Joe's. I love G.I. Joe's. We start seeing Spider-Man, all oh, these action figures I've never seen before, Nerf guns. Anyone remember Mighty Max? Wow. <laughs> Thank you. One person, Mighty Max was the coolest thing back then. Sega Genesis was so cool. And I'm, I'm scouring the aisles, and my mom's ahead of me, and, I'm like, and she's like, come on. And I'm like, hold on, hold on. I just, just want to look. You know how that is? Mm, don't let your kids look. So start looking. I'm like getting this idea in my head. Maybe I could walk out of here with a yo-yo ball but, and something else too. So I'm excited. And so I go, hey, Ma, can I have this? And before you know it, I am just going, you know, I don't want the yo-yo ball. I want this. And I don't know what happened because I'm an infant at this point in my life. I don't remember the story. I probably bothered my mom to no end. In my mind, I was justified and I deserved everything. But I, reality, you know. I was giving her a hard time. So eventually she goes, you know what? Fine, we're getting nothing, which is a terrible thing to say. If you ever hear a mother say that to a child in a store, run, the kid will blow up soon. So I start to blow up. I go, no, I want the yo-yo ball. I want the yo-yo ball. And I change the beat of my tune because I don't want to leave without anything. And all the way out the door, I was that kid that day. I want the yo-yo ball. I want the yo-yo ball. And I didn't get the yo-yo ball that day. But I have loving parents because a, few while, a little while later, I got the yo-yo ball. And this is the yo-yo ball, and it's pretty cool. You kind of do this, and it, that's it. That's, that's all you do. You can do tricks, apparently, but I didn't get that far in my yo-yo ball career. But here's the funny part. As I was kind of like, I figured, in, you know, I was trying to look for this thing because I, I really wanted to show it to you guys. Um, for purposes of the message, I remember I was in my basement. I'm looking through all these boxes and looking for all these things. Couldn't find it. Went up in my attic, I'm contorted into all these positions, like looking in my toy box and just reaching in. I'm like, oh, is this it? No, it's not. And I was in there for like an hour or so. I'm looking. And then finally, literally the last place I look, last place I think to look, was in a drawer next to my bed. This thing has been next to me for however many years, and I forgot about it. You know, and it's the funny thing is that we, the things we search for, the things we want so badly become something we just kind of forget about. And so I looked up some pictures. There it goes. 
No, you can play with it. Yeah. You can just hold on to that for me. It's fine. I don't need it. I practice not dropping it too. I was looking on the internet for pictures because I think that's, now we know next time use a picture because if not, it's going to row into the front row. Um, and I found something very funny, that the yo-yo ball actually was banned in several countries because 400 individuals, children, strangled themselves with it. Now, they're fine. No one was hurt. No one was killed. But what bothers me today is those children grew up and they're part of society. Now I'm a little worried. Just saying. That was like, wow, that was an evil joke. Yeah, it was. But I'm just trying to say. So it's funny because I realized like 20 years later or so, give or take, that I could still be like that child sometimes, wanting something so badly that perhaps could strangle me. Except today, it's not Toys R Us. It might be eBay, or it might be the movies, or it might be, you know, fame, or it might be a job. It might be a school. It might be a pursuit. Whatever it may be that sometimes we can chase desires to the point where maybe it just chokes us out a little bit. And here's the problem, is that our desires, they can fluctuate and they can change. Isn't that true? Maybe something that you desired last year or a couple of years ago, something you were very passionate about, maybe that shifted. And, and now you're saying, well, you know, I'm not passionate about that anymore. And see, why is this a problem? Because our passions fluctuate and change, right? So if they fluctuate and change, then that means we are trying to chase things that change. And it leads somewhere. See, a chase is exciting. Think about a chase. You think about, you know, oh, this is fun. This is something new, like a new hobby. We can buy all these things. And we get kind of caught up in the greatness of it. But we need to realize here tonight that each chase that we go on, it's a, it's a path. That it leads somewhere. And see, here tonight, when I believe that, when we kind of just make our desires and whatever we feel like wanting, it could be a good thing, it could be a bad thing, when we make that the first thing in our life, we're going to experience three things. We're going to experience confusion, complication, and maybe even some death. I'm a community group leader. I've been for a couple, a whole bunch of years now, actually, now I'm thinking about doing the math. Um, I've led different kinds of groups. I've, I've led co-ed groups of just, you know, guys and girls and some of my friends. I've, read, I've led guy groups. I've even led a group that turned into a girl group because all the guys left. So I really got in touch with my feminine side during that time. It was a, it was a strange time in my life. Um, me and 11 girls, was, that was community group. So I've led all different types of community groups. Now I lead um, a, a group called the Young Professionals, which we like to call, um, another name is Irresponsible Adults. I've made that joke several times. That's where we are in life. So I've led all of these different things, and even with talking with some you know, of the older adults, this one question always comes up in life, and it's this. What do I do with my life? Yeah, you know, the job I'm at, it's okay, but, but I want a new one. Or, or the school that I'm in, I just, I just need to figure out what I want to do with my life. And see, the world is an answer for that. And it's not the greatest answer. It, it could work in some cases, but I think it gives us a lot of trouble. And it, the, the question is, the, 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 I'm sorry. The idea is this. What are you passionate about? Do that. You ever hear that? You're like, I don't know what to do. And someone goes, well, hey, what are you passionate about? Do that. But the problem is, is that we can get confused because our passions can change. Maybe you're really excited and you took up a new job and you're like, I'm so passionate about this. But then you realize, I hate this. And so we kind of get confused. We can get stuck. Another thing that we can do is that maybe when we chase 
our passions. We chase what we feel in the moment. Isn't that true that things can get kind of complicated? In the youth group that I help out in, um, I'm talking with a lot of youth group kids. And, and some of these kids, like some of these young guys particularly, will have a lot of ideas. They're like, like, oh man, I just feel this. And to them, it's truth. To them, it's rock solid. But a week later, it's not. They, they come back and they say, you know, I don't feel that way anymore. So the truth that they believed in was gone. But the decisions they made while they believed it weren't. Maybe it sounds a little confusing. Let me kind of put it like this. For us who are, maybe, who are older here tonight, maybe you've said, I'm, I just feel like I need to do this. And you start to do this job or you start to start a relationship or, or whatever it may be here tonight. And suddenly you change. See, if we're going off a of feeling, right, we can all of a sudden be like, whoa, I don't feel this way anymore. And then you're stuck in the contract. You're stuck in the job. You're stuck in the relationship. Whatever it may be, it gets complicated. And so we can experience complication when we seek out our desires above all else. And our world has this mantra. It's whatever makes you feel good, do it. You ever hear that before? The less lethal sounding one is just listen to your heart. That sounds nice, right? Like that song, like, listen to your heart when he's calling for you. You ever hear that? I don't know who sings that. But do we ever stop to think, like, is that guy a good guy or not? Like, what if he's a horrible person? I don't know if she should be listening to her heart at that point. Who's to say? But what I'm trying to get at is this. When we kind of follow what's in our heart sometimes, it may not lead us to good places. It may not be the wisest choice. And so maybe you followed your heart. But I know I have at points, and it's brought me to some dark places. And it's brought some death into my life. Matt Chandler said this quote. It's a little tough, but it's so true. He said this, no one has lied to you more than you have. No one has lied to you more than you have. Wow. Isn't that, that could be so true because sometimes we get so bent on what we want that we persuade ourselves, that we ignore truth. The other day I was joking with Brendan. He's like, dude, when you were in that season in your life and you were doing whatever you wanted, like I tried to, you know, get in there and you ignored me. Because I talked to myself into it. So we can just kind of talk ourselves into saying, what I'm doing is fine. Where I'm going is okay. We lie to ourselves. Jeremiah 17 says that the heart is deceitful above all things. And so we're honest here tonight. Maybe we stopped and we looked at our choices. We can realize, man, my choices, maybe they've betrayed me. Maybe following every desire of my heart leads to some bad places. And see, here is what's on the line here tonight because I believe that God has given us some good desires to chase after. I believe that God has some great things for every single one of us regardless of where we are at in our walk with him. But what can stop that is that if we cannot control, if we have desires that are uncontrolled or un, you know, not put through the filter of who God is, we can find ourselves chasing some things that will bring us Confusion, complication, and even death. So what's on the, light, uh, on the line tonight is a lot. What does God have to say about this? The question is, is, is it, have we made our desires, what we want, the first and foremost thing? Have we made our desires our God? And whether we've done that on purpose here tonight Let's see what God's word has to say about that. And so what I want to do is I want to look at two portions of scripture here tonight that I believe that 
we're going to be able to learn that. We're going to look at it in James chapter 4, and then we're going to go into a Psalm 37 later on. So let's start with in James, James chapter 4. He says this, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires or pleasures that battle within you? So some, some translations say pleasures, and that's referring to our carnal desires. Like the things that when we just want that is just bad for us. And the idea that James is getting at is the, the idea of hedonism. What is hedonism? Hedonism is the pursuit of our pleasure as our highest good. So it's kind of like James is kind of pointing out the issue that our world has. It says, hey, if, if it feels good, do it. Go for it. Listen to your heart. And see, James is kind of poking at these people and saying, look, see the source of your problems with people in the outside world is your desires. That they are a direct cause to the quarrels and to the fights that are going on among you. He continues in verse two. He says, you desire or you lust, but you do not have. So you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and you fight. Desires lead us. Isn't that true? I don't know about you, but once I get something in my head, like I I want to carry it out. I want to be able, it could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing. But once you get an idea, I just want to carry it out to completion. The other day I was uh, at the Duarte residence hanging out and uh, Kevin, he's our community group leader. Uh, he in, in control of the community groups, I mean. And he comes in, and he's like has this, this look on his face. And when he has a look on his face, you know he's an idea. And he comes in, and he's like, you know, he's trying to present to his dad, I want to get this big tire. You guys ever, you know, in um, Batman versus Superman, you have Ben Affleck kind of hitting that tire, you know what I'm saying, um, to work out? Well, that's what he wanted to do. I don't know. I thought it was cool. But I silently sat there and was like, whatever. And he's trying to present this idea because he had it in his head, and his dad's like, no. It's not happening. We don't want to put a tire in the yard. But he found a way because once the idea was in his head, he had to carry to completion. I got a Snapchat earlier this morning of a big tire in his yard, and he's doing I don't know. I guess it worked out well. And, I mean, that's not that big of a deal. But in the big deals of our life, that once we get something in our minds, isn't it true that we will do whatever it takes to carry it out in order to get it? February 6, 2003 was a very sad day in the musical industry when 50 Cent came out with his album, Get Rich or Die Trying. (laughs) I tried to listen to a few tracks to get ready. Don't. It was just bad. But something about that line, something about that mindset kind of caught my eye. Get rich or die trying. We can all sit there and laugh, be like, oh, 50 Cent, you're funny. But if we think about that mindset, like that could be kind of true of us. Because maybe it's not getting rich, maybe it is for you here tonight, but it could be get what? Get blank, get the job, or die trying. Get that relationship, or die trying. Get the American dream, or die trying. And we can kind of get caught in this pursuit. And we kind of, to the point of experiencing death in our life, and this is what James is getting at, that when we want something, we, we covet it, and we'll do whatever it takes to have it, so we kill, so we experience, in a sense, death. Maybe you're like, whoa death. I'm sitting in this room. I'm here. But see, maybe your desire for material things has brought death to your bank account. Maybe your desire for money has has given you a greed. And and because of that, you're, you're cutting corners. And then there's death in your life of integrity. 
And maybe as you cut those corners, you've been tearing down people, so then those people along with it, and so death to relationships. Maybe today your desire to be right has destroyed someone that you were close to. So you experienced death in that relationship, but hey, hey, you were right. And so that desire was fulfilled. Maybe it was some sexual exploits that you had. Maybe just, I just want to go to the club and I just want to be with every single person that I can possibly be with. So death to intimacy, death to innocence, death to true satisfaction. And so there's no life in that sometimes. And in in following our desires to the full, sometimes it's just confusion, complication, and death. And we are betrayed by the things that we fought so hard for to have. And we realize this truth that a desire fulfilled doesn't necessarily bring fulfillment. Isn't that true? Maybe some of the things that I fought for and I've wanted so bad that when I got them, I was like, why don't I feel fulfilled? What James is getting at here, he's saying, I see what your problem is. It's what you're desiring. It's what you're chasing. It's betraying you. He continues. He says, you don't have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. That you may spend what you get on your pleasures. And so James is, is kind of referring to when we can kind of not even consider God in the equation. When we kind of make decisions in life and say, I'm just going to go with this job, I'm going to go here, and we don't consider God in the equation. He's, he's saying that you don't have true joy. You don't have true peace. You don't have fulfillment that only God can give because you are not asking God for it. James is saying that you have You do not have life because you're not considering him. And what we need to realize is this, is that when a quest begins and ends with ourselves, God's not gonna fund that. That's what James is getting at here. And maybe we've been excited. Maybe tonight you're like, Andrew, I'm not looking to try to betray God or do whatever. Like I kind of got just excited in life and just went for it. And James is arguing the thing is like, yeah, that's true. See, it doesn't have to be something evil that we're doing that can steal life from us. See, I could go ahead and start an orphanage. But that sounds like a good thing. That's not a bad thing. But, maybe, but God knows where that path will lead me personally. He knows maybe that would put me in financial ruin or that put the kids you know, in, in danger. He knows where that will go. And so maybe that desire, though it's a good desire, may not be something he has for me. And so God is not going to bless our madness. Why? Because God's a perfect father. He's not going to bless you and I with lesser life. Why? Because he loves us. And so we learned something here. We learned that our uncontrolled, unsubmitted desires can bring confusion, complication, and death. The struggles that you and I kind of face in our life sometimes are a direct cause of the things that which we desire. Now, I'm sure right now you're thinking, awesome, thanks for, you know, inviting me to church tonight, whoever brought you. You know, you're, why are we talking about this? Where is this going? And see, tonight, the question that I want to answer is, how do we then discover God's desires for us? Okay, Andrew, I, I understand. I know that, that when I pursue everything that's in my heart, that not always will it bring me life. I get that. But where do I even begin when it comes to following God in my life? And so I want to look at Psalm 37. And I love this psalm because King David, he was a, a king that um, 
Jesus came through his lineage. And so, and he's old when he writes this psalm. He's not a young man, he's old. And the thing that's, that's good about that is that this guy, this David, was not your cleanest person. He's not like a goody two-shoes person. He's not someone who has done everything perfect, that he's made mistakes. He's, he's been, he was a king, so he could have whatever he wanted at any given time. And so this guy has reached out and taken things that wasn't his, committed murder when he, you know, for his own good. And so this guy, at the end of his life, begin, writes this psalm. And we can learn from someone who's experienced. We can learn from someone who, at the point of writing this, has a lot of wisdom. And I think tonight it will be kind of like a roadmap for where we can begin when it comes to seeking out God's desires for us. So verse 1 of chapter 37. Do not fret because of evildoers. Be not envious towards wrongdoers, for they will wither quickly like the grass and fade like the green herb. And so we need to realize something. David isn't preaching to a huge room. He's preaching to himself. He's alone in his chambers and he's penning this psalm and he's talking to himself. He's saying, don't don't get hung up by, by evildoers. Don't get hung up by people who do whatever they want when they want to. Because there's a fading glory and divulging in our desires. He's saying, don't even be envious of that because he sees the death that can come from chasing after everything that we feel. Some of you are pretty wild. Um, You know, that I'm a pretty wild person. I enjoy a lot of things. But some of you guys are willing to strap yourself to a stranger and jump out of a plane. It's called skydiving. It's terrifying. Okay, I was talking with, with Gio about it the other night, and he was like, yeah, man, I'm terrified of heights. He's like, but, but I, I, I'd, I'd do it to conquer my fear. And I'm like, no way. I'm afraid of it, and I'm going to stay right on the ground. I am not envious at all of that. Anyone, if you show me your videos, awesome, good for you, but I am not jumping out of a plane. And here's what we need to realize. David is on to something when he's saying, don't be envious of them. Because here's the thing, we We aren't envious of anything that we're not willing to imitate. I hope I said that right. No one envies something they aren't willing to imitate. So for me, I'm not going to envy jumping out of a plane because I don't want to. And so David is realizing something that he, when he feels it inside his heart, that temptation to kind of look at people, kind of look at the Instagram highlights of of the people who live how they want. He's kind of saying, I don't even want to be envious of that, that I need to coach myself to not. Be envious of that because he knows that envy turns into action. And so I kind of want to turn this message a little bit towards us. To ask this question, are there any pursuits in our life today that are just not worth it? They could be good, they could be bad, but if we're honest with ourselves, we slow ourselves down, kind of like David is doing Are there things that we're seeking, good or bad, that maybe are not worth it? So David kind of reminds us, don't get thrown by the ways of the wicked. Don't get thrown by the ways of the world, by the follow whatever feels good, do whatever you want mentality. But remember that it fades. 
And then he continues in verse three. He says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. And see, this is our duty as a Christian. And to follow God's ways, to do good. And see, the one thing that we fail to see is that as much as it's our duty, it's also our privilege. Because God isn't out to take away our joy, but he's a protector of it. He's not an enemy of our joy, but he knows that as we trust in him and do good, and we, that we can enjoy his faithfulness and experience life as a result. And maybe you're like, all right, yeah, cool, Andrew. I mean, what did I expect? I, I came to church tonight. Uh, of course I'm gonna hear, do good, trust God. It's a typical like church answer, right? But let me just lovingly kind of push back a little bit because I know that could sound a little goody two shoes type of feeling. I'm gonna incriminate myself here too. In the last five years, let's just think about this. In the last five years, what if, instead of divulging in every single desire that we wanted to, that we took the advice of David and we just trusted in God and we enjoyed his faithfulness? What if instead of chasing those things that brought us complication, confusion, and death, what if we just kind of just said, no, I'm going to trust God on this? Would your life look the same today? Would it be less confusing? Would there be, have been the divorce? Would there have been that group of friends? Maybe you were just like, you were out and you were just, oh man, I was just so drunk and I started just screaming at my friends and they just, they left. But if I didn't pursue those desires, maybe that wouldn't have happened. Maybe the sleepless nights you were worrying, the, 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 the relationships that, that have killed you. What if that didn't happen? Because we were trusting in the Lord. And see, tonight I'll be the first to say that from my own personal experience that I've never betrayed myself more than when I've trusted my desires before I trusted God. And so tonight, I'm not trying to strike up guilt in us here tonight. I'm just trying to remind us that there is freedom in God's ways, and there's grace. Maybe you're, you're new to the faith, and you're, and you're kind of exploring tonight, and you're trying to figure out what you believe, that, that you, maybe you thought, well, I have to be perfect. I have to do all these things right. But there's a God out there that loves you and that wants what's best for you. And, and David's been there. He's been, he's been in, the, in the areas where he's just done so many things wrong. He, he knows this. And he's penning to us in his old age to trust in God and do good. It's just funny how the things that we kind of push away end up being the things that actually save our life. And see, the next verse, we see something amazing. And maybe this has been stitched on a pillow, what we're going to read next. Maybe we've, we've, we've heard this before, and it's really easy to miss the exact meaning of it. I'm going to do my best to unpack it. But it's verse 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. See, the lie, or we can read this in a way that kind of says like, oh, okay, well, if I spend time with God or I you know, do the God thing, then I'll get what I want. Maybe I want that American dream. I want that Ferrari. You know? And if I spend time with him, I'm going to get it. But that's not what this verse is saying. Your disclaimer, God does want to bless us. But that's not what this verse is saying. See, the truth is that when we delight in God's ways, we start to trust him with our life. He literally gives us new desires in our heart. 
He takes out the old and begins to deposit in new desires. And so when we read this, it's not, hey, delight in God and you're going to get everything you want. No, when we delight in God, we get something so much better. And that's what God has for us. And see, we can have this backwards where we seek our desires first and say, God bless this. But what this verse is reminding us is that when we seek God, he gives us desires that are wholesome. He gives the desires that will lead us to life. And we, can, we continue here in verse five. He says this, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he will do it. Maybe tonight you're tired. Maybe you're tired of chasing things that kind of fail. And see, here's the thing. When I chase a desire that's of my own, there's no guarantee on that desire. Sometimes God will let us get what we want just so we can get it and realize this isn't enough. Kind of like the yo-yo ball. Kind of like, this isn't enough. This isn't going to satisfy me. We forget about it. Sometimes God allows us to get what we want. But if a desire originates from us, there's no guarantee. But here, we see something amazing. Because when we're chasing a God-given desire, what does it say? It says that he'll do it. It comes with a promise. See, there's no guarantee of me getting what I want, but when there's something that God has for me that he's put in my heart, well, it comes with a promise that we'll get it. God's gonna do it. And see, here's where we see something, that the life of faith actually requires some faith. And see, some of us here tonight need the reminder. That which God has put in your heart, he's gonna do it. Maybe Tonight, you're, you're, you're sitting here listening to this message and, and you feel disconnected because there's, there's a desire in you that you feel needs to come about. Maybe there's a job you want to start or there's an organization you want to do. There's just something in you and you feel like, Andrew, I feel like I'm made for so much more, but I'm stuck. Can I encourage you here tonight that God, if that's of God, it's going to happen. It's going to come about. And see, no hardship will stop you. It doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. Doesn't mean that everything's gonna be perfect. But at the end of it, you'll get that which God has put inside your heart. See, as we delight ourselves in the God, as we kind of say, you look, I know where my way brings me. I know what, when, I, when I put what I want first, I just get nothing. But when I put you first, God, I know that your desires will lead to life. As we delight in him, he changes our hearts. We begin to see the destructive things that we desire start to kind of fall away. We begin to see maybe a new passion, maybe some some excitement for the job that you're currently at or the schooling that you're doing or wherever you're at in life. doesn't mean God's going to come wrecking ball your life and change it. But all of a sudden, your heart begins to be different. And see, as we kind of delight in God, we commit our way to him. We trust in him. He begins to shift and control our hearts, but see, the thing is, are we seeking him for it? And I don't know about you guys, I can get so distracted that I can just kind of run off in excitement and start my own thing instead of saying, hey, God, let me take my desires and kind of run them through you, through your word, through people of God. God is out for our joy. He's not gonna bless us on a path that will lead to anything less than what he wants to give us. And maybe that's been frustrating. Maybe you've pursued things and they just fail and you're like, look, you're shaking your fist at God, but God's up there saying, hey, I have something better for you. I'm not gonna give you that. And see, what I want us to realize here tonight is this. 
that our desires will betray us, but God's desires will bring us life. My desire betrays me every single time. But the desires that God has put in my heart, those are the true things that have brought me so much life. Out of high school, I wanted to edit videos. I wanted to be in a rock band. I'm here by God's grace. Maybe you're like, I wish you edited videos. I I mean, I don't know. And so what do we do with this here tonight? We need to realize something. This isn't a formula. This isn't like, hey, do all these things and, you know, God's going to speak very clearly. Everything's going to be perfect. Guys, we can have good intentions. We're not always going to get this right. There's going to be things that we pursue that just don't work out. And some of you college students know that. You know, like from changing your major like four or five times, sometimes as annoying as it is, it's just part of the plan. It's part of how God works in you. And so tonight, if you're, maybe you're, you're tired and you're like, man, I, you're kind of confused. Well, just relax here tonight because it doesn't say labor and trust God. It says delight. So can I encourage you tonight that if you feel that way, that God uses everything, every struggle, every time that you've, you've, you've fought so hard for something and it just didn't work, that he's going to use that in your life. See, tonight, this church, what we're about, we're not about being perfect here. Christ saw us in our brokenness. He came and made up for that. So we're not, we're not talking about behavior modification. We're, not talk, we're talking about living a life where God gives us the desires And we see that play out, and we see us enjoy life so much more at a deeper level. Tonight, if you feel like your past disqualifies you, just I'm here to bring the news through the gospel of Jesus Christ that your past does not disqualify you. That he wants to take all of those things, all of those things that have kept you up at night, all of that baggage, all of those things, the desires that have brought complication, that brought confusion, that brought death. He wants to take those things and redeem them for your good. We're not talking about the past here tonight. We're talking about where does God want to lead us from here on out. And so we kind of live in that tension here tonight. And so what do we do? Just a few things as we close. Let's remember what David tells us. Don't get thrown by the world. When we're tempted to kind of look through the Instagram feed of the highlights of how everything looks, we need to remember there is a fading glory in seeking out everything we want, and it always comes at a price. Two, trust God's ways. Maybe tonight we need to take an inventory of our desires. We need to kind of sit back and we kind of need to run. Hey, every quest that I am running through my life, we need to ask this question, is this desire bringing me true life? And if the answer is no, then maybe tonight we need to change some things. And see, we need not to fear the change of things because God has suffered so much for us. And three, delight in God and let him give you the desires of your heart. Life is so much less complicated when we just seek him. And it doesn't mean that life's gonna be easy doesn't mean that we're not supposed to labor and fight for things. There's going to be some things on this side of heaven that we need to fight against. Some things that, that we're going to want to do that we need to fight for, but to know that God 
will be with us every step of the way. And so tonight, just remember that God wants to bless us tremendously and that our desires will betray us, but God's desires will bring us life. You guys just pray with me tonight. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you love us here. We thank you, God, that no issue of our past, quest of our present, God, can hold us back from encountering you tonight. God, we just pray that as we kind of slow down, we kind of look left and right, compare ourselves and wonder, should we keep going with what the world says or what would you say? When we're tempted, God, to look at the prosperity of other people who aren't following you, God, that we would remember that your way is so much better. That you're not out to ruin our joy or tell us what to do. You're not an insecure God that gives us a bunch of rules to follow, but you are a God that loves, a God that wants to protect our joy. You're a God that wants to see us close to you. And tonight as we maybe trust you by walking in your ways, God, we ask that you would truly give us the desires of our heart and the things that plague us, the things that we're fighting and struggling with, God, that we would slowly see those things disappear and fall away. So tonight, Jesus, we thank you. Your love for us is there. That as we seek you, God, as we have an opportunity to sing to you and worship now, offering up our life to you, you would take a hold of it, God, and you would put us in a great direction, that we would not fear your ways, but we would embrace them tonight. So Jesus, we love you. We just pray this in your name, God.